I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. CM Punk signs of the UFC gets caught up by everyone except for Christy Mack. This is Clicking Balls. Suspicious start. One thing I did notice this week: apparently, uh, North Korean North Korean soccer coach has been banned. So, what happens there? Like North Korea, you know, pretty rough place to get fired, I'd say. And if you're in charge of the national, they love their soccer. If you're in charge of the national soccer team, you might end up in a box. I, I can't believe they fired him though, because didn't he win the last World Cup? <laughs> <laughs> last eighteen, I think. <laughs> I think it was the Kim Kim Jong Cup. I think they got beat by Germany, but it was America's fault. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, I don't think they got beat at all. They, they, they won against Germany eight, eight or nine nil. I, I read the North Korean papers. Oh yeah, but it helps when you've got like twelve players, two dear leaders, and <laughs> and Jesus running your water. A couple of hundred machine guns. Well, the, all the players were armed. <laughs> a bit weak, crossing yeah, into the box. They're like four feet tall. Oh, but, yeah, they're all midgets. No Except for that. one guy who's just ginormous. He's like eight feet tall. You've seen the photo online? Yeah, that's just two like, guys. It's uh, like a military um, parade. And there's everyone like malnourished and five foot ten, and then there's one dude that's just fucking massive, like now, huge. You know, Kim Jong Un's a, a Kim Jong Un was a massive film buff. Yep. He got that idea from uh, watching Roadrunner cartoons and everything. It's actually just two guys and a duck in a coat. I thought it might have been Yao Ming's just got confused. <laughs> Fucking retired. Yao what Ming, else is he going to do? Yao Ming's appropriate. We all look the same. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I should okay. have turned left at Shanghai. The same, same. Oh, it could have been Dennis Rodman. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, friendly over there. Um, Dennis Rodman gave a shout out to an AFL player during the week. The, Did he? Uh, Jacobs from Adelaide. Sam, Sam Jacobs? Yeah, yeah. He said, yeah. Uh, I'm over here... Um, Kicking with my boy Sam Jacobs from the Adelaide Crows. Jesus. Yeah. Well, well, one hand I'm impressed with Sam Jacobs. Other <laughs> hand I'm like Dennis Rodman. What are you doing with yourself, mate? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, they probably made him at a ten dollar blackjack table or something in Vegas. The <laughs> <laughs> no, EB EB craps for sure. Yeah, I think he's. I think you're right too. I think it was in Vegas. Yeah. Well, no surprise. Do you reckon the casinos want to see Dennis Rodman in there, or are they just going, "Fuck no, this guy's too fucking weird. We don't know what's going to happen. He could end up betting his knob." You, just, you never know. They've got bloody, I was going to say Roy and HG, they've got um, Siegfried and Roy <laughs> dancing with tigers, although they're retired now. I don't think I don't think he's the weirdest thing that's going on in Vegas. I think he's tigers? part of the course. The dancing with tigers didn't go so well either. Just like, <laughs> you get bit once. What's <laughs> the problem? Was it twice shy? Yeah. <laughs> they did retire pretty quick. A couple of gay guys, a little bit of pussy and blood, and they run, ran out of the place. Just had nothing to do with yeah, it. Weak, weak as. Speaking <laughs> I was going to say that's a good segue into the UFC with Raquel Pennington versus <laughs> <laughs> yeah Raquel Pennington got uh, she got a boo boo 
She did. She managed to get a sore on on her forehead, or some people call it a vagina. Now, who was it? Because uh, you were following it on Twitter, where nobody wanted to make the most obvious joke. <laughs> yeah, you can see it. It was MMA roasted and the other um, MMA pundits. Everyone thinking the same thing until one chick fighter finally made a comment. Damn, must suck to have a badge on your forehead. And then open, <laughs> open, open season. All right, we're into this <laughs> now. Just fight off, run out the other. <laughs> it was like the AK-47 of vagina jokes. So the other big thing to come out of UFC 181. The the, the big news that was scheduled ages ago. That yeah, they just The big news that no one knew was they coming. They didn't announce it and didn't mention why they didn't announce it. <laughs> they just had a big announcement and just let it slide without saying anything. CM Punk is signed to the UFC. It's either... A great move, or one of the most ridiculous cross promotions you've ever seen. Yeah, no, I think it's great that they signed an Olympic wrestler. I oh, know they passed on him, didn't they? And again and again and again they passed on him, yeah. Askren, mm-hmm. and he was very quick to point that <laughs> yeah. out. He had plenty to say about it. And was it terribly to subtle? Him. Fair play to him. You know, you got to push your own barrow. And the thing, is, especially in the UFC, talk can get you everywhere. Yeah, and they, which is well, almost except your hand raised. Yeah, but. Well, I think I think he went a bit too far when he called out Hector Lombard. It's like you can't really call up people who aren't in your organisation because <laughs> you're not going to fight them, champ. What uh, <laughs> unify what the NWO? That and the other Conor McGregor called out Sheamus. I think <laughs> Conor did. McGregor called out God too. <laughs> well, yeah, but the funny thing was you saw the Twitter play on that one. Conor McGregor's called out Sheamus. Sheamus has gone back. Talked about it last <laughs> yeah. week. Too. Uh, yeah, I just love the idea of two Irish guys starting a fight with each yeah. other and then going. Well, we're bored of this now. We'll fucking fight every fucker here. <laughs> or just someone was jumping in and then both the fighters turn and they go, what the fuck you punching my mate for? <laughs> and then someone goes pear-shaped and then they end up just sitting, sipping Guinness straight from the fucking tap. Abusing the English. Wretch, uh, wrecked bar strewn everywhere. <laughs> yeah, Bisping wouldn't want to get near it. No. <laughs> Two Irishmen in there. <laughs> Call me a greasy cunt. <laughs> fuck this, I'm out. So, CM Punk, do you reckon he's going to fight? I know they've signed him. Yeah. They said he's gonna. Do you reckon he will fight? He'll turn up. I think. Um, you know, I don't know much about the bloke, but if you're gonna sign on and you know walk away from pro wrestling contract, it might be just one of those things where he doesn't want to die wondering. Mm-hmm. And much like Lesnar did, Lesnar had a ridiculous physical advantage over every primate on this earth. Uh, CM but- Punk doesn't enjoy that same advantage. No, he also has the the pedigree of being. He, he was a legit. Um, collegiate wrestler and yeah. that is the building block of MMA yeah CM Punk I, I, I'm sure he's done you know, a lot of um, amateur wrestling and I, I know he's been working with Henna yeah um, Henna Gracie could be worse than what he came with this could be exactly right um, but it's not the same and, and it's not the same 37. level 37 it's it's tough to start a career there and also for people in these situations where they're coming to try MMA, yeah. Dana doesn't have a history of, of feeding them cans. He has a history of, of proving a point with these people. Look at James Tony, Randy Couture. Kimbo Slice. Kimbo, yeah, but the thing is, Dana already said Kimbo will never fight in UFC unless he goes to the ultimate fighter. And he did. Which is what they should have done yeah. with CM Punk, put him to the ultimate fighter. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And also, the weight category he's going to fight in. He's not sure about middleweight or welterweight. Welterweight's stacked. Yeah, well, middleweight. Well, I don't think he's going to be worried about the belts too much. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> and, and, for a while. And the thing is, for someone like that, I think it's going to be easier fights at welterweight than middleweight. You think about the middleweight you're going to fight, there's some badass people in middleweight. Yeah. And you're going to be giving away a bit of size there as well. 
because the muscle that he's that he's bulked up for wrestling is going to be dissipated in, in mixed martial arts. Oh yeah, because yeah, that's with his speed and his yeah. technique and everything else. He's going to have to get Gabby Garcia's, Gabby Garcia's trainer on there and yeah. <laughs> sort him out. But he's a smart man, though. He's yeah. Um, so he'll be at, he he should know his limitations, and he's not going to you know put himself out there to fight a, an absolute monster yeah. uh, in, in any of those divisions. But at the same time, being thirty-seven. He's also, he's been doing pro wrestling for all those years. I mean, that's great. He's obviously in good shape and that kind of stuff, but... He's damaged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, Dana White said he's going to fight someone with a similar uh, experience, which, which is... Zero and zero. They're all young guys. Yeah. Like, he's going to be fighting someone, you know, 15 to, tw- you know, not quite 20, but 15 to 18 years his junior, who yeah. has probably been doing this for a few years anyway in, or, as an amateur. Or he's just, just finished their amateur career. Yeah, exactly so. So they'll be 21, 22... Those guys have nothing to lose, and they would love to have that on their record. So they'll they'll try and die in that damn ring if they can. Yeah, just um, for a chance to prove it. So now the other reason they could have signed him, well, is obviously promotion. And you saw as soon as he got announced, there's every man and his dog who's ever stepped into the octagon has put their hand up. Yeah. Oh, I'll find him. I'll find him because yeah. they know that they'll get a, a good um, place on the card for that. Yeah. One. Do you reckon they've signed him just so Bellator can't? It seems like the that's been a common theory online, especially with those who are the journalists in in the know for mixed martial arts. And they said that with with UFC not new to Fox, but relatively new compared to what Fox are doing, and it's a new sort of market. They yeah. don't want they don't want to give up any share to Spike. Yeah, and yeah. having CM Punk on a Spike card. We'll gain huge interest there. Yeah. But have you seen the Bellator version of Tough? Yeah, yes, I have. Yeah, you're Especially about the only one. Yeah, yeah. I have. And, and the thing is, the actual format of that show isn't so bad. But I just think they could have done better with the with the talent. But, uh, back to Punk, how would they Bellator do if they had CM Punk or Phil Brooks? Well, they'd put him up against Kamada Cairns first. Yeah. So you build him up just like you would if he was in a wrestling organization. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just feed him. Bellator uh, would have to try and because the thing is, if he gets beat up his first first match, there's not going to be much interest for his second match. Yeah. And so you you'd imagine he wouldn't be on a one fight contract. Well, well Lesnar got beaten in his first match. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't say com- comprehensively, between, but bit of a difference between CM Punk and Brock Lesnar in regards to height and. Yeah, Brock Lesnar was just his physical specimen, just yeah. looking at that person going in to fight somebody fist to fist. And getting leg locked by Frank Mir, I mean, in his day, I would, would put Mir in the top of uh, heavyweights. In submission wise. Submission wise. Best submission. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll put him there now. Yeah. Like him, yeah. Josh Barnett, whatever his name in the hat. Yeah, Barnett would, after his win over Lister, yeah. even though it's not um, MMA. Yeah, but I mean, the other one you'd always say was Big Nog, and yeah. he's, he's beaten Big Nog twice. Yeah. And stopped him and subbed him. And yeah. yeah he's, he's the only guy who's yeah. ever done either. Yeah. Mm. Um, the end of it. Yeah. You can't think of anybody else in the heavyweight division that's um, got the, those kind of submission wins. Which is kind of sad, because a, a lot of the, the big guys now are monsters. Uh, there's not... Well, no, Velasquez has some decent subs, but there's no one who is hunting the sub consistently. Like they're not hassling them and harrying them in the same way that Mir could. Stefan Struve was one that did, but then he just got knocked the fuck out a few times yeah, and yeah. <laughs> that's the way to wobble around. But he used to do a really great 
full guard and extreme the armbar triangle because he's just huge. He's so lanky, yeah. yeah. Six eleven. And especially with, with um the heavyweight guys being a bit more stacked up top, it's much easier to the first round sink in like armbars and yeah. triangles and like that and have further grip and just have big muscles and arms to hang on to. Yeah. And then you got, you know, um Roy Nelson who's a legit jiu-jitsu black belt and yeah. competed well at ADCT and, and that kind yeah. of stuff who wants to stand and throw punches with Mark Hunt and the other thing is it seems funny that like last year all the interest around super fights was all welterweighted up yeah. but I'm thinking now especially with um, Showtime's win today and the way that he defeated Gil was just incredible Yeah, the most interesting super fights will be at the lower weights now like you've got Demetrius Johnson you've got Showtime you've got Jose Aldo we you say TJ when you say super fights, do you mean champion versus champion? Champion versus champion, yeah. but also long streaks versus long streaks. Because yeah. there's lots of people who are just off being champions in those weight categories. Who just can't fight. you got Uriah and people like that who are there. Uh, Dominic Cruz, in no way, he's coming back and I mean, he looked awesome in his, in his return fight. People like that. There's so much stacked talent there who are champions in their own right. And I think those are the super fights that are going to attract the most attention coming up in the future because... One that will though. Did you see the promos for Anderson Silva's return? Yeah, yeah. I did. And, and Nick, Nick Diaz. Diaz yeah. See that they're the other super be fights because Silva's back and he's got a big contract. Yeah. GSP's coming back and yeah. he's gonna. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he's not gonna fight for the belt. Exactly. Like says he's just gonna do the big super fights. Yeah. So you got those kind of um, guys that are gonna chew well, up those cards. And they'll walk in legend status. Like as soon as they retire permanently, yeah, they'll be hall of famers. Like. Yeah. It's, it's just done. And Anderson, you could do it tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah, and GSP's the best wild weight yeah. to ever walk. Exactly. And the thing is, at the, the higher end, the only sort of super fight that interests me would be John Jones versus Kane. If it yeah. sort of makes a lot of sense. That would, just because I reckon Kane would knock him the fuck out. Yeah. But and the thing is, I mean, he's fighting DC and from... See, I'm, I'm more excited to see DC and Kane. Yeah, from, from the inside word... Um, DC and Kane aren't far off when they spar. Apparently they spar flat out with each other yeah. in training and, and they're really closely matched. But DC will never fight Kane. So no, just never fight each other. So. Um, so Jones is with Gustav Gustafsson in three weeks? Four yeah. weeks? Yeah. Oh, hang on. Gustafsson? Hasn't Jones gone from the pet house to the dog house though? How so? He was sort of... Uh, when he was fighting uh, Sonnen, especially, he was viewed as the nice guy, the fun guy, and you know, since his last couple, everyone just thinks he's a cunt. Yeah, there's, there has been a lot of, um, especially online, that against him. It, you know, people have even said there's a, a racist element to it. But when he's, everyone's, you know, he, he's fighting against DC. He's, he's a black guy too. Yeah. So I'm sure there are people that will find that, and um, that will be why they hate someone. But I think it's also he's at that stage where he's so unbeatable that you want to see him beaten. Yeah. Um, just because he's unbeatable, which is the same thing that happened to Silva and the same thing happened to GSP. Although GSP was a little bit different because they thought he was a boring fighter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and Jones isn't a boring fighter. And the no. thing is, he's still a kid. He's still young. Yeah. Mm. And to be that good when you're that young, you're not only discovering how you are as a fighter, but as a person as well. And you're in the spotlight now. Yeah, exactly. And so... I mean, fuck, if they had put a camera on me when I was his age, <laughs> shit, I'd done all sorts of dodgy shit that I would have had to make apologies <laughs> and stuff for. And the funny thing I find funniest is when they had this uproar about uh, the fight between DC and John Jones at the media scrum, 
and um, they were saying it's terrible for for the sport and terrible for this and terrible for that. sponsor over it. Yeah, but the thing is, now it's been the best thing for the, the rivalry and for invigorating some of that excitement into the light heavyweight division again. Because it, John Jones even tweeted today, he's saying, so was that fight I had with DC good or bad for the sport? <laughs> because the whole promo around their fight was around that fight. I'm going to say, yeah, they punish you for it and then they just keep showing yeah, it and showing and it and showing it. flog it to death. And the thing is, I th- I'm, I'm surprised that people are shocked that two guys who are going to fight had a fight. Yeah, well, it's a bit twofold because they want to portray them as athletes, not thugs. Yeah. The fighting in the ring. And I think the problem they have with it is if the athletic condition has a problem with it. Yeah. Then also, you've got an issue. Also the Rocky Five thing. Don't give away for free what we can sell. Yeah. But yeah. also, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they would try and angle into collegiate sports with mixed martial arts. Because that way they have legitimate college athletes and they who are coming them. out with degrees. Mm-hmm. They don't have to pay them. Plus, that's much more in line with the American culture where you see someone progress from like high yeah. school into college and into the pros. Yeah, it'll be cause, interesting. Because they did that with their ranking system now. They got that in line. And for ages, they, they didn't want to go down that route. But then Dana said, look, that's what the American people follow. They love rankings yeah, on all their it. sports. And now it matters with the new Reebok yeah. sponsorship. Because when you see... One versus two, everyone's watching that game. Yep. Like that's all that's all we talk about is all week. And so, I mean, I haven't heard anything to say that that's what they're looking at doing. But I wouldn't surprise me if they were at least exploring those options. It's an interesting concept because, like we said last week, MMA is sort of the sport you do once your sport's finished. You yeah, know? they have a lot of collegiate wrestlers who you know, can't make a living as a wrestler post their yeah. college career or ex-football players and ex-boxers and ex-judokas. And mm. So what if you now create them and have a college system? Yeah. But you know, collegiate wrestling, you've always got the, the Olympics is out there. Yes. Whereas MMA won't have the Olympics. Like, I mean, there's still UFC yeah. and, and wherever else. But so yeah, it's an interesting concept. And also the other thing like that would be against it is that they wouldn't have control over collegiate sports. Yeah. And... Dana likes making his money. Of course he is. <laughs> He's not going to give that shit away to the, to the uh, colleges for free. But the thing is, on the flip side of that, it could be a lot of free scouting for the UFC, having colleges, having their own system set up. And the thing is, just because you're in college in that discipline doesn't mean you have to finish college. <laughs> if they is, say, hey, mate, you want to come find this card? It's fuck, you're out of there and you're on that card. Is boxing a collegiate sport? Oh, I, I assume so. Well, no, there's a lot of amateur boxing, but yeah, I'm not even sure. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, back to the other thing. The I did see that uh, France judo has, or was it France? No. Yeah. Japanese judo banned the um, fighters competing in non-judo sanctioned tournaments. Yeah, which is dumb. I mean, yeah. it's um, the. International Judo Federation, I think it's called, um, they banned ranked fighters from yeah. competing in any other combat sports. Yeah. And there's only two or three guys that they're really looking at to do it. But how can you justify that as good for the art? Yeah. Like, it's a commercial decision. But, and that's, you know, if it's a business you're talking about, that's fine. But um, when you've got guys who are training, learning, growing, becoming better martial artists... Does it matter if they call themselves judokas or if they call themselves grapplers or if they you know, call themselves MMA fighters? Who cares? They're uh, traveling along a journey to self-improvement, which is what judo is supposed to be all about anyway. 
the other side of it too, if you've got your world champion judoka who goes and fucks somebody up in a, a jiu-jitsu tournament, oh, aren't you going to say, hey, one yeah. of us? Just like no, the, the Gracie did with Sambo tournaments. Yeah. How much mileage has judo got out of Ronda Rousey? Yeah. Not as much as they should. Not as no. much as they should. Yeah. They should be putting their hand up. There should be 18 guys exactly. saying, I totally taught her that shit. Yeah. Yeah, there should be Ronda Rousey on judo ads. Hell, Steven Seagal reckons he taught everyone everything. And the thing is, with that, I think they might end up shooting themselves in the foot because yeah. if you're a ranked judo fighter and the UFC offers you a fight, you're not going to go, oh, shit, do I take the UFC and then, then I can't go do my judo tournaments? Do, do I take the 20 grand or yeah. do I go pay the 1,000 yeah. grand to go to <laughs> the next one? Go fill up my tank and drive 600 miles to go to my judo tournament. And no. the thing is, uh, if, if, if you've got to make a living out of doing something that you love and you put all that dedication into it, You've got to go where people are going to put food on your tables. <laughs> yeah, it's a good card though. When it's I very good, very good. Especially to it. Um, Raquel versus I can't remember the chick she fought. She was a late call up because they had a uh, someone get somebody injured. did their knee. At, um, yeah, but she's uh, apparently a very highly acclaimed wrestler. She just did one for women's wrestling and apparently just killed it. And she's actually winning the first round. She did some really good. You know, obviously it was her whole game plan was wrestling, but put her against the cage and got a bit of ground and pound, put an elbow to her forehead, which opened her up. And then in the last few seconds, they're in a scramble, and um, she went, uh, Evan Smith went for a headlock, and Raquel managed to get her back and tried to put one arm around the back and get hooks in for a choke. But she hooks in and ended up getting to the side and getting through a bulldog choke and face planted her just out cold with about three seconds to go yeah it, it was real late in the first, yeah but it was a good fight impressive choke yeah it was a really monster choke for what are they straw weight yeah yeah they're the the um yeah straw weight would be um, that 145 135 weight. it was bantam, bantam was it yeah because yeah. you, you don't expect that kind of not the brutality what, what do you thug choke a, a yeah. brute yeah brute yeah, choke. yeah exactly it's like it's a decapitation almost like those shits really put so much and you see the chick, she was going to throw a punch to Raquel's face and didn't even get it past her head. Just yeah. went up there and bang, face plant. And that chick, she actually put on a really, uh, Evan Smith put on a really good show. She fought really well, especially for a late call up. But obviously someone like that is always in shape. But yeah, look yeah. for her again, she'll be back. Cause, what's um, what's Raquel Pennington's fighter name? Rocky. Well, Michelle Rocky. Well, I guess badge hair's not so much worse then. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, yeah, she, she might be cunning from now on. Yeah. <laughs> it's one way to get out there, because I think Rocky's taken. There's a few people. I've, I've, yeah, there's a few. Yeah. She gets five minutes rest for a low blow and a high blow. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Sponsored by Tenax. No, well, sponsored by Reebok. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, well, they starts, got them on board. Starts July next year. Exactly. Turns yeah. out Nike doesn't know at all. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny. I mean, the same week we've seen a Gracie win a fight and an 80s uh, footwear brand come back. I thought both of those were done, but yeah. Well, Reebok's still been around. I think they, I mean, they sponsored Shaq, but he's been retired for a few years Yeah, but now. I think they're more, I associate them more with football. Yeah, does anyone own any Reeboks now? Like, I mean, I mean, well, you only have bought the pumps, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> that is Reebok. Yeah, and that was 90. Yeah, and they bought them out again, and they're still the only thing that they sell, I think. Saying all that, I'd buy a fucking pair of pumps right now. <laughs> probably can on eBay, right? probably 400 yeah. bucks a pair. Yeah, exactly. Just like... The originals, yeah. I was actually, when I, <clears throat> that night I was actually deciding who to go for in the soccer, I met, met West Brom, 
the mate I met up with, he said, he went to a comedy club the night before and he was fucking hammered walking back to his hotel. And um, there's these people sitting on these chairs on uh, Elizabeth Street, which is known to be a homeless hangout. And so he's like, come along. He's like, oh, how you doing, guys? You know, so he started throwing a bit of change. Which he's got a bit of abuse. These people weren't there homeless. They're waiting for a new pair of Jordans coming out. This is on Tuesday. Oh, uh, they come out Friday morning. I think I've just found out what I'm going to do with the next iPhone. You get to release. <laughs> yeah, they start throwing out pennies. Well, I, I remember when um, it was Australian Idol when those first came out. I lived in Adelaide and it was really taken off. And me and a couple of mates, they they'd line up um, out the front of the Adelaide, the Adelaide International Hotel, just at the top end of. Uh, O'Connell Street and um, well, the city end of O'Connell Street and obviously they line up for days to get in there the first yeah. and so we were a bit hammered and we're like what if you do we're going to go through waterworms people lining up for Australian <laughs> Idol someone are going to get out of line and come chasing them line up for a couple of days <laughs> so we sat there across the road and started pinging a few waterworms at them <laughs> not one of them came out to chase us <laughs> did you get the catapult going? <laughs> no we weren't that far ahead plus we're too hammered to construct anything yeah no they used to have um that like particular a, college had a, a, a truck where they had uh, prongs you'd put up on the side of it. Like a trebuchet or something. Yeah, and then they used um, those fitness rubbers attached to a bucket filled with like a foam cutout where you could fit one or two water bombs. And that thing would fire seriously about a kilometre. It was brilliant. <laughs> uh, you know, some engineering students decided to put his uh, learning to some use that would not be authorised in peacetime of most countries. But... Um, Fuck me if they didn't blow up pretty nice. <laughs> and the whole, what the fuck was that? It's fantastic. You poor little fellas, you know, lining up, ready to sing their hearts out. <laughs> yeah. if, if any of them started doing singing in the rain, fucking front of the line. Chant, you know how to, how to improv. It'd be even better if you had speakers, you know, put those up there and like... <laughs> you know the problem would be, if you started fucking around with those guys too much, is you'd slip into triumph the insult comic style. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody's done it better than you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just, you can't beat it. So anyway, this started talking about Reebok yeah. and, the, and the sponsorship deal. Yeah. Um, what I'm, the only concern I've got with it is you'll lose the variety uh, <laughs> yeah. of the walkout. You're not going to have James Tahuna um, in his uh, black tie doing Men in Black anymore because yeah, he, he's lost his costume. Yep. But, uh, you know, and like Kenny Florian will get rid of his Raven costume, which is the good side of it. Um, how many different designs they're going to have? Because obviously you, there's going to be people that prefer different colours and then you can't have them all just in the same design. Because, I mean, even, you know, yeah. professional sports have different Guernseys for different teams. Yeah. So they've got to juggle that up. Um, because we're not arguing about, is it going to happen? It's happened. Yeah. yeah it's exactly. signed. They're, they're doing done. it. They've already got the cash. Well, based on merchandising, Reebok would have to. I mean, it's one of the things where if they've only got two, three designs, they can only sell two, two three designs. Yeah. If they make, you know... One for the heavyweights, one for the strawweights, one for the bantamweights, and then one for the guys, one for the girls, one for fucking Anderson Silver coming back with, I don't know, a, a spider, who knows. Um, they'll make so much merchandise that it won't even be funny. But you don't want, you know, a, a red singlet with black outline with the surname on it, and then just change yeah. the surname. It's just yeah. not going to work. Like tough so, uniforms. Yeah. Since 1882. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, obviously they're going to have a few, and the fighters get to choose yeah. and that kind of stuff. I mean... It is kind of a shame that you will lose that variety, yeah. but I mean their argument for it is one: there's a fuckload of money, mm. um, but also there's you know the late call-ups don't have to go spending three weeks ringing around to try yeah. and get 
Um, Don't have know, any fastener or something on board. <laughs> Condomdepot.com. <laughs> also, the good thing was um, if it's purpose made for MMA, because there's not many brands that are made for MMA fighting, especially for women. Because Ronda Rousey's complained a couple of times about her boob popping out. You know, while she's knocking people out, she's like, I'm, my, my tits are popping out. You would have thought Misha Tate would be the one complaining. She <laughs> <laughs> uh, paid good money for them. <laughs> Dana White probably sabotaged them. Like, <laughs> it's a fucking right off the roof. Dana White, not Vince McMahon. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I think it, it's like Nike when they enter the NBA. People were like, well, you know, if it's just one brand, there's how many ranges. But then they started involving the actual players. You know, you get... You well, know, Jordans. Well, they entered the NBA with Jordans. Before that, yeah. it, it was you know it wasn't even considered, and it was um, you know Converse was kind of the, the NBA mm. brand, but yeah. it wasn't big. And they... then Jordan, in his first All Star game, wore a Nike tracksuit. Yeah, and that's where Magic and Isaiah and all them got the shits with him. Yeah, that's um, right. And that was just after also when um, Nike had the they marketed Bo Jackson as the all round athlete when they started doing cross trainers and things like that. Yeah, and that was the Bo nose. Bo knows baseball, Bo knows football. Yeah. That's why they've got the Anderson nose and all that sort of stuff now. Yeah. But that was where they sort of realised that you can market a whole product line around one person. Yeah, what I mean is now, though, they've learned from that. So yeah. now you've got, you know, LeBron shoes, Jason Kidd shoes, yeah. Uh, yeah. everyone. So they'd be absolutely mad if they didn't have some sort of, you know, for the peak athletes uh, yeah. to be involved in the design and the marketing yeah. of their wear. We were talking about it before, um, and it became pertinent today again with the Uriah Faber fight, the massive eye poke. Mm-hmm. Well, if Reebok's on board, the first thing they've got to look at, you know, you get the uniform sorted and, yeah. and the different varieties, fix the fingerless gloves. Yeah. You get a mm-hmm. glove that works. And get onto these cups that Joe Rogan keeps talking about, the steel cups, the, the tie ones they use apparently where it's not supposed to actually hurt your nuts even to get kicked in the nuts. Oh, yeah, but there's going to be some guys that will miss that three-minute break. They no, get no, mid-round. check Congo's out. He's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a few others that are like too, but yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if they're going to... And they've said that, that they want to invest in the sport and try and you know make better uniforms and equipment and all that kind of shit, which, you know, they're mad not to. Exactly, yeah. especially since they're already dominated in most sport markets at the moment. This one's still up and coming. It's saturated too. Yeah, it gives them a chance to sort of start ahead of the... Mm other big competitors that they have in yeah. other sports. It is just kind of funny that essentially it's a footwear brand and they're sponsoring a sport where they don't wear the shoes. shoes. Oh, well, they're so much more than footwear these days. They are, yeah. Um, they have to be. And the other um, offshoot of it is now all these sponsors, you know, they've got another six or seven months with their current fighters. Yeah. Obviously, they, they, can't, they can sponsor them outside the cage, yeah. which, you know, some of them will, but yeah. it's not as valuable. <laughs> But now there's all the guys in Bellator and One FC who are going, guys, yeah, <laughs> you looking for someone to sponsor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm your billboard. Yeah. yeah, it's even funnier when they do that though. Like, you know, they put the hand up like, "Hey guys, I'm available," and they're like, "James McSweeney, settle the fuck down. <laughs> you can fuck right off." Oh, gets his face on TV. Ever since McSweeney was in that tough season with Roy Nelson and uh, all those guys, he was a twat. What I don't get about that season either, um, and this is going back to tough 10 or 12 or something like that, yeah, yeah, about that. Um, was McSweeney was talking it up all the time in the house, and you know, somebody's got to play the bad guy. But it was working on so many other guys that were just intimidated by it. Mm, yeah. um, even to the point where um, Kimbo Slice wouldn't take the fight. Yeah. Because he was like, oh, not him, not him. Yeah. Like, really? Because it yeah. like, didn't, sca- um, didn't impress me that much. Roy Nelson knew what he was doing. Yeah. And, and was an expert in not giving a fuck. Yeah. You gotta love a guy like that. Oh, why not? And I mean, not, not 
not similar in the fact that people didn't have a reason to be intimidated, but it's kind of like Diego Brandau when he was an alpha fighter and mm. he was just the destroyer. You know, everyone. That's different. He looks scary. Yeah. In, the, in he, the octagon. Then he steps in the USC and just gets fucked up. Yeah. Well, Uriah Hall had the same thing. Yeah. Damn near killed a couple of guys. Jonathan Brookins. Yeah, Jonathan mm. Brookins, such like such talent, but yeah. can't yeah. keep his chin tucked. And <laughs> yeah, I saw him, he started fighting again. Did he? Uh, this year and last year. I wouldn't um, be surprised if in China. him and Ricky Williams were good friends. He did say that he gave up, um, he was looking to pursue yoga full time. Yeah, well, stage. I think Ricky Williams actually, uh, what, what do they call the yoga instructors? They're uh, yogi. Yogi, yogi instructor. Yeah, yogi. He's actually a yogi. Did you see uh, Mickey Rourke had a boxing match? Yeah, I did. Fucking hell. I think he, st- he stood in the ring wearing boxing trunks and boxing gloves, yeah. but I wouldn't say he had a match. I think it's like Scott Hall having a wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, yeah apparently the other bloke was homeless or some shit and he did it as a favour to try and get him some money. But um, you'd have... I, I don't know why he would make such a, a, a big song and dance about this whole thing. Like, Mickey Rock can just give a bloke money if he wants to. But to say, alright, I'll give you money if, if I can pound you for a little bit. Kind of like a hooker, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> there are a lot of people that do that. Yeah. yeah. Think, now that I think about it, when you look at most of the fighters' walkout shirts, majority of them suck anyway. Yeah. I think the only person has one of the most decent logos would be Cub Swanson. He's got that bear that's on the hat. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty sweet. Like That's sort of a good logo that you can yeah, actually sort of mark around. Cool. But I like J-Lo. What's worse? <laughs> their logos or the songs? Because it's some pretty shithouse songs. Yeah, there are, but I mean, well, we already talked about Roy McDonald, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else <coughs> picked his music for him. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. And even um, on the UFC... Today, um, Travis Brown came out to the haka. Did he really? Yeah. Man, he's Hawaiian, so he went to the Polynesian haka. Yeah, why would you? The Polynesian haka. Yeah, apparently. That's so it, it mustn't be called the haka then. Well, no, no, there's it's heaps of entitled hakas. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you know, um, yeah. when New Zealand plays Tonga yeah. in, in the rugby, they you know, have a bit of a dance off to begin with. Yeah, is... but the thing is, even within New Zealand, apparently there's all different hackers, like because they mm. will have it like yeah. as their school song, more or less. And right. so even each different county or whatever they have over there, different hackers. So a lot of times, even when you see on on the, um, the All Blacks play, whether it be league or union, a lot of times they'll do different hackers. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is just that New Zealand embraced the Maori culture so much that they're the one that popularised it because the, the haka uh, the it's other guy was um, Polynesian yeah. I don't know if he embraced or just had no choice <laughs> just the way it went down well yeah the English did sort of they're the only ones they signed a treaty with but um, I remember the guy that played Drago uh, oh, in Game of Thrones uh, Carl Drago yeah okay yeah his uh, um, audition tape he did the haka yeah because he's Hawaiian um, tell you what he did it pretty damn well too um yeah, so it's a very much uh, pan-Pacific Island thing. It's just that New Zealand are, are very famous for it, and well, they probably do it the best, to be honest. Because anyone, every every so often, there's always the talk, well, New Zealand, all blacks do the haka. How come the other teams don't get to do it? Should we ban it? Well, they do, the other teams get to do it, but it's always funny, the haka, cause, um, because they always have a go, what, what do the Australians do while they're doing it? And if they're all huddled and they're staring them down, yeah. they get in trouble for that. Yeah. If they go back to their positions, they get in trouble for that. I'm like... Yeah, and they're saying, like, you've got to respect them. I'm like, well, you know, it's, at the end of the day, you're just trying to play a game. Yeah, you know, exactly. Just, can we get this over with? Yeah, yeah okay, now we can go play. No, it's the other way. I, I love seeing the haka. I think no, if, I they, if they removed it from the game, the game would lose something. And I only say that because I don't watch much rugby union. Yeah. But I watch the haka. But I bet you if New Zealand were playing anyone, you'd watch the first five minutes and see the haka. 
<laughs> the weird thing is, though, you see it everywhere now. Like, the start of the St. Kilda games, they have uh, Maori people in dress doing the haka. Oh, they did that for that one game, because they They've done it for a few games. I've, I've seen it a couple Zealand. of times. Yeah, it, was tied, it was tied up with their New Zealand sponsorship. Um, mm. Who was that game we went and saw? Was it um, Saints in, in Richmond last oh, year? Oh, the, the St. Kilda team did the haka? No, 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 no. That, they had um, some New Zealand dancers oh. like uh, lining up when they ran onto the field. Bro, I was going to say, tell you what, there was some big boys. That would have been the most unintimidating haka ever. <laughs> 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 I mean, we've been good this year. Haven't heard anything from them. They, they take that as a win. You know, no, of course you would. no pictures of knobs out there. No, oh, there were plenty of pictures of. Uh, can't even name a good player. <laughs> <laughs> They've been that quiet, I've forgotten every kind of the thing. <laughs> well, well, anyone you know, they, they trade them away anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, in the last couple of years, they've got rid of Goddard, Del Santo. Yeah. They got rid of Reece Stanley this year. Yeah. Uh, they must have oh, Richmond's yeah. trading department. They let well, go of Malira for nothing, didn't they? Yeah, Malira and Gwilt. Gwilt's yeah. gone to um, Essendon. Yeah. But In fairness, Goddard and Del Santo, I don't think they're really too fussed. You know, they're happy. They're not really hating how their careers have turned out. After leaving St Kilda, and they've both you know benefited the teams they've gone to, which helps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Goddard might be the only person playing, depending on how Asada goes. But uh, and you know, Dal Santo played finals. Revolt can't say the same. Ooh, not in the last couple of years, yeah. And it seems like I don't know, Essen and they're in turmoil off the field, but even their on-field team it doesn't seem like they're recruiting for development. It seems like they're recruiting to try and get results now. Well, yeah, well, well, uh, well Goddard was, I still reckon, he was Goddard on top of the game. Take, yeah, but yeah. Chapman's 32-ish, yeah. um, and had a good season yeah. in his first season. Cooney, oof. Yeah. The thing yeah, is, if you, were, if you were born on top four, making a push for a premiership, you'd take on Cooney, you'd take on Chapman, or if you had midfielders yeah. who needed direction, you'd take on Chapman. No, I think but the midfielders, the midfielders stand alone by themselves. They're, they're already, you know what they're doing. Yeah, we got Watson and Heppel, yeah. but yeah. You reckon Cooney's good? Oh, see. No, no, I think it's good value. Because they would have got him for next to nothing. Yeah. Because he's at the arse of his career. He's had injuries. But... Needs are gone. Yeah. But you give the young players someone to look at. You know, that... Um, they've got a great midfield. But they don't have that style of midfield. Yeah, I think they've got a good starting midfield. But like we saw this year, you need six or, or yeah. seven to rotate yeah. through. And, you know, um, I think Heppel might have even won their best of Ferris this year. Yeah, yeah, I think um, But you got Watson when he's fit. He, he missed out a lot this year. Mm. Um, Heppel, and then it starts to get a little bit thinner after yeah. that. And it just seems to me like they might be setting themselves up to be the gatekeeper of the finals as opposed to making a real run at it. They might be right a favour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except you, you don't like Essendon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, no one wants to talk about Asada anymore. No, we but don't. It'll be kind of funny if uh, things go pear-shaped and then all of a sudden they go, well, we'll miss out on the finals. What the fuck? So, what happens then? They got pulled out of the finals, and it ends up get dropped or whatever. So, by pear shaped, you mean the the side has got nothing? Yeah, or you know, it gets dropped, or even if it keeps going another year, Essendon could easily say, "Well, this isn't cut and dried. Why are we punish before we've been proven guilty?" Well, they weren't punished by Asada, though. They were punished by the AFL. Even that, so, that same was, thing. No, but it wasn't. Um, the difference was. Um, what was it? Bringing the game into disrepute. And you can't argue that there's been disrepute yeah. for two fucking years. And the thing is, I think soon it's got to come down to a point where they just go, you know what, fuck this. Just have some common sense. And there say, was that, 
instead of trying to um, be, you know, clever with lawyers and say, well, technically it wasn't really this, like, you can push all that shit aside and say, look, you did the wrong thing, you fucked up, you got caught, what's done was done, play on from now, let's yeah. go. The, da the damage has already been done. They've already suffered. Yeah. So um, I, I wouldn't mind all the players, but you know what? Just fuck this shit off now. Like, you remember there was that court case um, with C Seven when they were doing the pay TV footy, way back. Oh, yeah, it was all like yeah. late nineties, I think. Yeah. And it went on and on and on for ages. And yeah. At the end of the day, one of the judges said, "Look, at, at some stage, litigation must cease." Yeah. yeah. Which is you know, um, judge speak for fuck this shit. Yeah. Exactly. I think I've reach that point. yeah and I think even if even if the Asada case does fall apart and as long as they don't have a case it's just with methods and technicalities more or less and nah, there's so much going on that we've got no yeah. clue on this, no. in this situation you need like Bill Harrigan or someone as a judge and just go now look you fucked up over there you did the wrong thing and you guys fucked up trying to tell them off for doing the wrong thing no. all fucked up no, <laughs> if, you got a, if you got a point there I reckon uh, try by combat <laughs> I uh, challenge you to a duel exactly uh, I, I don't know who Asada's got on that on their payroll, I'm guessing not many people. But uh, you know, so how funny would it be to see that go down? All right. So you nominate your champion, and if it's a duel, um, you whoever is challenged, the challenge, Party. the person that gets challenged, gets to pick the weapons. Yep. So Asada challenges Essendon. All right. They nominate Dustin Fletcher and say the duel is old age. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I'll win. Or else challenges peptides. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, All that's, of a sudden, Benny Cousins has got a <laughs> contract with Asada. He's back. He's, he's the guinea pig. <laughs> you know that sales of peptides have actually skyrocketed? Of course they have. But that's the thing, like, peptides is just a, a basic thing. Like, you join peptides up, they form amino acids. Join amino acids up, they form a protein. It's like saying bricks are dangerous. You know, so many different types. They are. You ever try to inject a brick? <laughs> Not Fuck <recently>. you up. <laughs> See? There you go. I just tried to shelve it. I sat down right for a week. <laughs> you have no idea what shelving is, do you? No, I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> Upper decking? Caught up. Yep, yep yeah. that'll do. Um, all right, so something more positive on the AFL. We spoke about the elections in Victoria last week yep. on the first episode. And um, I hesitate to say it, but the good guys won because they got one thing that we wanted, which was the MMA cage ban. Well, they haven't actually lifted it yet, but they said they're going to. Dana White is on board, which means yeah. there's too much money for him to exactly. back away now. But the other thing, which is, they, they mentioned it a little while ago, and I didn't know they were going to follow through with it. Um, there is now in Melbourne a public holiday, all of Friday, Vic. all of Victoria, yeah. public holiday Friday before grand final. So yeah, see, he understands Victoria <laughs> so much better. In, in the match of the election, it was pretty much cunts versus assholes. The assholes won, and they've gone, all right, we know we're assholes. You guys are assholes too. Have a free Friday. Fuck it. He could have dumped that any time. If he had made uh, made that a core election promise, he would have got in. It's like, Just when, that. it's like when you've got a kid and they go to their mum asking for something like lollies and the mum's like, no, no, you've got to be good and try and teach them the right lesson. And then dad comes along and goes, yeah, fuck it, have lollies. <laughs> that seems what it's like. Can you see for dinner tonight, yeah. yeah? They've got the least amount of effort. Just get in there and then you're set. But uh, it's funny watching, like we're talking about the advertisements they'd use and you know, if Labor gets in power, they're going to bring in the cage. Like, all right, well, want the cage? Sweet, check. All right. Yep. Uh, they're going to cancel the East-West link. Oh, sweet. Yeah, fucking driving's expensive. And I don't get to call speeding, so I don't want to have to drive anywhere else. Or if I don't have to go to Western Melbourne, I'm happy. Yeah, so I'm like, the opposition made my choice for voting really easy by making me aware that the 
opposition was going to do all the things that I actually wanted. Let's just East Wesley, like, you know, for whatever reason. Who the fuck is going from... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. East Melbourne to West Melbourne. I mean, the only time you go from East Melbourne to West Melbourne is to pick up your car that's been stolen in East Melbourne has left it up in, ended up in West Melbourne. So letting the car thieves getting there a bit quicker is not good for anyone. Well, the tow truck get there, I guess. Well, they're no. from West Melbourne. It's the same bloke. Well, I think they already set the precedence with a pinch to the freeway to Frankston. Now you're going to be car stolen from the city and be chopped up in Frankston in like 30 minutes. Well, I tell you what, if I'm going to get my car stolen, I want my insurance money quick. So if they can sort it all out, <laughs> yeah. find the wreckage. They can get as far away as possible. <laughs> Just chase down the border. Especially my car. I'll give them a two-day head start. <laughs> <laughs> they might need a two-day head start with my car. They could started first. <laughs> they could get it started. They've earned it. <laughs> I just had a story, but remember to claim insurance on that one. <laughs> so, you reckon that the public holiday Friday is going to mean that next year's grand final parade is the most ever? Or is everyone just going to go, fuck this, and have a day off? Oh, I think there will be... Uh, a group of people will go to see the grand final parade. Uh, mainly families, you know, because you know, kids bring along, see the colours, whatever. Yeah. But then you're going to get the yobs who are going to be like, oh, I'm just going to get plastered but there's gonna, all weekend. There's going to have to be so many like, um, pubs and, and stuff putting on events for the rest of that afternoon. There's going to be people that come Thursday afternoon and they're like, right, we're getting fucking hammered. Yeah. And we're going straight into the grand final parade. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be more heckling than <clears throat> probably India fielding at the MCG. Uh, I'd, I'd like to start um, getting our kebab vans ready <laughs> for um, Friday morning. There's going to be so many people like, oh, yeah. oh, the bacon and egg kebab. <laughs> the funny thing is there's no office workers there because they were, you know, most of the, uh, for that parade, they'd be on their lunch, stick their head out the window. Yeah. Now there's going to be nothing. All the buildings will be closed. There'll still be, I, I guarantee there'll still be um, people down there though. I reckon it's good, you know, day off. So will we, will we lose another public holiday, or is this just an additional sneaky one? What, it's another sneaky one, I think. Uh, they, haven't, they haven't mentioned, I mean, you know, what other ones are going to take away? Labor Day, or um, Queen's birthday? Because, you know... She's still alive, isn't she? Well, not, not fucking touching the Melbourne Cup public holiday. No, of course not. You, you can't give them a, <laughs> a, a public holiday for the AFL and then take away the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rich, rich people get ejected. The, the thing is, there's going to be a lot of bored bosses at work with no employees. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It'll be, it'll be pretty hilarious. I mean, Melbourne City, mostly office workers and everything, and not traditionally the people that would go to football matches regularly, but they'll, they'll see the parade. But um, without them, you're going to end up with either the hardcore fans and families 
or just the drunk fuckers who just enjoy a public holiday off. Should be a good good result either way. Kind of sounds like um, Sporting Winner. Just in general. Yeah, just in general. <laughs> Been with the Broadie Dogs and a good night. Had a good week. Yeah. People hanging out of cars. Yeah, just like the parade. Yeah, even kept my money too. <laughs> and a car. Yeah, just not your shoes. <laughs> no, you can't have shoes and walk in there. <laughs> Neat casual. Alright, so the other issue I want to bring up from um, episode one was your EPL site renting. Oh, the baggies. The, the baggies. The yeah. baggies. I'm the, on the West Brom Albion. Right, so you are signed on now. I mean, it's official. It's been put on Facebook. Well, well, it doesn't no, get more official than that. Exactly right. I've got no way to back out of it now. So Can you name a player? On board. Yes. Foster, <laughs> the goalkeeper. Shit, you got one up on me then. Well, that's the person I see the most of because I always get a fucking goal score against them. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know that dude's name. I've got to abuse somebody on the team and he's got the most of it. So you haven't really changed teams. So you've picked a new one. You, you flirted with other teams before committing. I had a look around. I was... <laughs> well... For the longest time, it was just trying to pick anyone where I knew players. And the only player I knew was Tim Cahill. So I was kind of going for Everton, and then he leaves that season. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I don't really want to follow the... Well, not that I don't want to follow, but there's not as much much interest in the American League. And plus, the times that they play weren't concurrent with the times that I'd be at work on night shift and watching EPL. And the hard part was picking a team that wasn't good, because I don't like jumping on a team when when they're at the peak. Yeah, you can't just jump on the coattails. Yeah, it's, exactly. You wanna, what's the point? You, you've got to you've got to suffer in order exactly. to appreciate. Exactly. You've got to earn your fandom. Yeah, and, and you know, North Melbourne and Richmond, you fucking yeah. earn that. Well, whatever. I got a baptism of fire at that one because we got beat. I think it was three 0 by Arsenal. Arsenal. We actually got up at seven in the morning to watch that. My first West Brom game. I was excited, and um, true to form, was that my my cousin told me that I was gonna. He's stoked cheering for Richmond this year if I'm going for West Brom. He's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. We got spanked 3 0. And then, what was it? Hull? Hull, yeah. I was watching, I saw Hull versus West Brom. I thought, Hull, all right. Having a fuck all about them. We've got a chance of beating these guys. So, I watched the game and it was a nil old ball. And not only was it just a shit game, it was just the most basic skill errors. And so, yeah, so I'm expert on soccer already. <laughs> expert <laughs> got on the game. Got got and I even, even um, bought FIFA 14. 14? Bought, yeah. yeah, just so I can um, get used to my team, and uh, haven't won a game yet on on amateur level. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't mind that because whenever I play, you know those uh, management style ones yeah. where you take the team all the way through, you always pick your own side and try and yeah. you know, tweak them without making too many. Well, it's no, the best because the actual one we actually control the player. Yeah, 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 but you do season mode. So. I, I out and out cheat. I I recruit or make my own players that are all ridiculously awesome. Yeah. Of course you do. You yeah, but the main point for me doing that was I wanted to get to know my players. Yeah. yeah I know I'm pretty well now. I'm all pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I'm already cursing the manager the fuck out of there. Um, have, you can create a player? You can, but I chose... I chose see, you've got to put Tambling on the bench. <laughs> I, guess, I was going to create a player, but if I was a player, I probably wouldn't want to play for West Brom. <laughs> so. You've got to play in the big leagues. Oh, yeah, think, but even that's not looking so good. I think that last I looked, I think they were 17th or 16th. It, so they're not quite in relegation, no. but the first half of the season, they had draws and losses against teams that they you hope. Yeah. You, these are the ones you bank these wins yep. until you face the big guys. Yep. Because <laughs> especially where I'm judging like my predictions based on where everyone else is the ladder. Yeah. Not a lot of wins looking ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> 
Actually, it's funny, I was playing FIFA 15 the other day, and the wife came in and thought it was really weird. And I was out now cheating. Like, I'm, I'm playing as Arsenal. And I was playing really naked. Well, that too. But you've got to get that other stick working somehow. But um, Or the trigger. <laughs> physical jokes don't work in this medium. But, um, Probably best because I'm naked. I wasn't just cheating by stacking my own team. I was de-stacking the other team. Of course. So the smallest size you can make for players is 4 foot 11. <laughs> And this, my guys are all six foot four. So, so you're the reason that the North Korea coach got sacked. <laughs> <laughs> you put his side. You, we did win 18 nil, and I'm not a terribly skilled player. Um, and I'm pretty sure they subbed out their goalkeeper at some stage. <laughs> they done the, the hockey thing. They yeah. pulled the keeper, and they might have had 19 strikers. I think it was straight to a work camp. <laughs> yeah, that, they're running around on a farm now. <laughs> yeah, they're all free. Or the Wonka factory. He's out the stud. You picked West Brom and you can't change now. I can't. I'm That's stuck it. with them. So it's looking like we're going to be killing the championship next year. Next year. Yeah. Yep. So you wanted to talk about when is it okay to change teams? Yeah. Never. Never. Especially from a player's perspective because oh. especially with uh, Trent Cotchin signed on for Richmond for another five years, which as a Richmond supporter, I was actually a bit surprised because I thought he's, he's given a lot to Richmond and he's going to be towards twilight of his career and he might go chasing premierships. And I was thinking if he did do that, I actually wouldn't hold it against him. Because I think he's done a lot for the club and his captaincy has been good and it's it's different now. Now that we've got a football department and you've got a business department of any club, that whole loyalty card, it doesn't play both ways. Mm. See, I think the loyalty's still there. Um, I think it's still with fans more than anything else now. Uh, of course it's still there with the fans. But even like Trent Cotchin could have made much more money on the open market. Yeah. He was a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah. So he signed up. There is still loyalty there. But now there's the, the price is on loyalty so yeah. it's not just a moral decision anymore it's exactly. a financial one yeah um and like you know that happened with hawthorne last year with um franklin um the rumors all year going to gws and then it's announced 10 million over nine years and even i've gone shit mate you're an idiot if you don't yeah that. exactly yeah that's that yeah. doesn't that's not just a career that sets you up for life yeah yeah and not only just you it sets your family up for life and then there's people like um ryan griffin yeah. who switched sides yeah. and you know <laughs> not really on the most um, pleasant way out the door. Exactly, well, yeah. People don't tend to, fans, clubs, everyone, don't tend to like when their captain leaves. Yeah. They make this big deal about it and, you know. The, the last one I can think of was um, uh, Lee Colbert. Yeah, left Geelong. Left together. Geelong. I know there was yeah. others because we were yeah. talking about it before. There's been others since then. Yeah. But he's the one who put his hand up and said, I want to go. Yeah. Did Judd leave as captain? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Judd did, of course he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think everyone sort of understood yeah. why he was leaving, and especially... Yeah, his wife needed a job. I think it was like rats from a sinking ship. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or rats from a flying ship, one of the things. <laughs> yeah, oh, the cuz. I'd love to get him in here one day and have a chat. <laughs> Ask for a chat, you might not yeah. be able to shut up. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> So, players changing teams. Um, what about the, the younger guys who, you know, GWS are going to have trouble with this yeah. in the coming years? Young, younger guys leaving, well, teams like GWS, I think, are in a unique situation where they've been given so many high draft picks that they just have an influx of, of young players. And I think part of their strategy has to be developing that talent as a, with the option of trading it out to get the experience they need to develop the rest of the talent that they have. So for young players looking to leave 
GWS or, or GWS trying to trail for younger players. I think it's essential for them in order to get the balance they need to be a competitive side because you can't just have all youngsters in there. And it seems like they're a bit over overcrowded with, with their draft picks because they've got good, solid draft picks, but they're going to need experience to show them how to play AFL way. And not even play, but train the AFL standards. Well, it's, it's, they're coming up to their fourth season now, and they've already lost yeah. quite a few. Because, I mean, they've had um, Miles go to Richmond. Yeah. yeah. Um, another couple have gone to uh, Essendon, and, oh God, there's one at Port Adelaide I can't think of right now. Oh, um, John O'Rourke has just left. Yeah. Um, Boyd, of course. Boyd left, yeah. Yeah. Um, or Patton injured for a while. Well, Patton, well, he hasn't left, but at yeah. least he's still there. Yeah. So they're starting to. It's more looking like a side now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and I think they might be, a, they might be a bit lucky in the sense that they've had Gold Coast just sort of beat a path for them, and and how you, how you should start from scratch. Well, they've kind of taken different tactics. Like Gold Coast, they got Gary Ablett to replace <laughs> um, Campbell Brown to look after Gary Ablett essentially, yeah. but. Yeah. Um, I honestly think, uh, in terms of distance from a premiership, GWS are closer. I thought so too until Patton got injured and Boyd left. Because mm. I mean, that's just such a good forward fifty. Yeah. Pat Patton's could have been anything. Yeah. But two knee recos is just. Yeah. It, you changed. Especially you changed especially a big frame like that. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You're resilient to sort of structural knees and joint injuries isn't as good as people who get lighter on their feet and don't put enough, as much pressure on those, especially as a ruckman where you're, you're jumping all the time. That's your role, you jump. Yeah, well, I mean, you try and play him as a centre forward more, and he's going to be yeah. just... He was a massive unit who was still pretty mobile, and yeah. now you just worry about that. Because I thought the same yeah. too. I thought um, that um, GWS had picked uh, a better side yeah. at, at the minute, um, with the exception of Gary Ablett. You know, yeah. just, um, but the other thing with GWS is that... Tom Scully's big contract ends next year or the year after. Yeah. So they're going to have a, a shitload of money. Yeah. Um, so they can get their Gary Ablett. Yeah. Know? I think, I'm not sure if it ends this year, but if it ends this year, then there's Paddy Dangerfield's on the market. Yeah. He's the, the only superstar on the market. Yeah. Following year, I don't know who's on. on well, so following year, who would you chase? Like, don't worry about contracts. They're all torn up all the time anyway. Um, if you're GWS, you'd, you'd probably look for a midfielder. Yeah, or besides Dangerfield, mm. uh, uh, Fife. Yeah, yeah, Fife. Yeah. Fife's the, the one I'd want because he can run, he can jump. Yeah, mm. and you need someone who's going to be a strong leader of that club as well to really pull the reins. And Dangerfield would be a, a good recruit, but I can't see Dangerfield wanting to go to a side like that at that I, point I, in his career. I can't see him leaving Adelaide. No. And he'd, I be think he'd be leaving to chase premiership, that's it. But the thing is, the way Adelaide are going, they're, they're sitting pretty good. Yeah, not bad. They're in the mark. They've got all the ingredients there. Yeah. And a new coach this year, so you've got to see what they're like after that. Which I think was interesting as well. I thought Sanderson was doing a pretty good job. I didn't see any problems with them. They were, you know, half a win outside of the, yeah, the sort finals. Of more board-related Well, issues. no, the common stories was player-related. Player-related. Yeah. Players just didn't want him there, and, you know, eventually there were so many of them that they thought, well, there might be something about this. Which mm -hmm. is kind of the same way that Neil Craig went. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're kind of doing a bit of a Richmond. They're just changing coaches until something happens. Mm. Um, but, you know, having said that, the talent's there. They've got the cattle. Yeah. So if it's not performing, someone gets to blame. In this case, it's just the coach. And that's often the case when an a AFL team's underperforming. Because it's Adley and Eddie Betts. Yeah. Both of them had a good year. Better yeah, than I'd I would say so. thought. Yeah. Better than I expected from them. 
Especially Pods Adley co- uh, covering Walker when he was injured. I yeah, quite a good stuff, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Betts, that fucking freaky pocket goal that he yeah. does. Those it's snaps a, kick, from 45 out. It's a kick 50. That was one of the best years he's had. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's like yeah. career best almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's just really nailed that that roving forward role. Well, he, he, he does... He, one of the um, criticisms of his game is the defensive chase and, and tackle yeah. and that kind of stuff. It hasn't really been there. Yeah. But, you know, if you can come and kick a goal and make the headlines... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and especially in that role, you can say that he's, his defensive pressure isn't there, but it is hard to run out a game where you're always trying to be a step ahead and you always yeah. have to be running flat out. And your defensive pressure, you can keep it up for a little while, but not over a whole game for a whole season. And I think last year Richmond showed that at the start. They had a really good run. And a lot of it was down to their forward pressure where you had man on the mark who's jumping up and down and trying yeah. to move with that pressure on. Yeah. But uh, is it Ellis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ellis, yeah. Ellis yeah. and uh, who's the other blonde head? Uh, uh, not Lawson. Yeah. Lawson. Um, he's one I noticed because obviously you've seen yeah. a lot of Richmond Morris games. Well. Morris. 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 Morris is the one yeah. I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Um, he's always active on the mark. Yeah, exactly. And and he, it makes a big difference it to decision making for the other players because they intrinsically automatically feel rushed. Yep. And so they're making rushed decisions and not having that time. The, the opposition to, player. Yeah, the opposition yeah. player, yeah. Um, not having that time to where it is irrational because they've got that time of taking the mark and they can settle down and relax. Yeah. But you've got, you're thinking in split seconds and just you being around them and being active like that does make a difference to the way that they'll think. Yeah. What about the guys that get a bit shagged doing it though? Like maybe should do, practice that more at training? Yeah, well, star jumps, you know, jumps and <laughs> squats and... Well, it's not the old days when you see Wayne Shots get his knob out. Well, the, the best, and that's another thing, is just standing on the mark for goals. So some people just put their hands up and don't really put in effort. But I always found from playing and when I watched, the best way I found to put someone off was to go back about 20 paces. Yeah. And as they're running to kick it, kick it you sprint flat out towards them. Because only you remember where the, where the mark is. Yeah. And so they start thinking, fuck, it's getting close. It's close, it's close. And they'll start panicking. And that was the best way I had of putting people off kicking well, the goal. What's the penalty if you don't stop at the mark and just tackle them? 50 metres? metres, yeah. All right, do that in the first quarter. <laughs> and then for the rest of it. <laughs> just right. <laughs> just, <laughs> and you've got to say to him, I'm only going to do it twice. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to have to do it once. So that's what I mean. No 50 metre penalty. You're giving away a goal, yeah. But the rest of the game, you guarantee that guy's going to be looking to pass off. Yeah, or he could just put a torpy at your nose. Yeah. <laughs> or the knackers. Like, I mean, that's happened like, too. Like the, the longest yard. Yeah, exactly. Whacking the nuts. <laughs> oh, well, we'll think twice about it before he does yeah. that. Maybe <laughs> let me have my little peaceful shot on goal. <laughs> no, the defenders don't do that. They don't, they don't give a fuck. I mean, I could say they don't do that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, that. Who would you say is the prettiest defender of all time? Alex Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and I guarantee you, the list of the ugliest. Oh, the, much the, that's a competition. Yeah. Yeah. There's Mick Martin, and then there's Daylight. Everyone else. <laughs> oh no, Danny Southern. Yeah, oh, you go yeah. Back. Yeah. oh yeah, yeah, There's a lot of ugly backmen. It's almost you can if you line up all the players, you go, oh yeah, there he is. It's a yeah. target-rich environment. That yeah. one. You're rich with before models. <laughs> but you see the forwards. You know, it's less so this day. But you know, pretty face, but the back of the head is full of lumps. because <laughs> yeah, that's where the that's the, where the, the, all the nicks. You know, Brian Lake said, oh, sorry, I thought it was the ball. You know, yeah. <laughs> he did it in the grand final, one where Franklin actually marked it, and he'd gone down and gone the forearm yeah. in the back of the head. He's like, oh, yeah. it should be 50. I'm like, oh, he's an old backman. Yeah, exactly. You can't take that away from him. <laughs> I think they should each get a get-out-of-jail-free card, the backman, because they've got nothing else now. You can't chop the arms. You can't <laughs> shepherd off the ball. You can't shirt front. 
you know, all they can do is really tease the bloke. You know, he goes up for a mark, he's like, you're shithead, checked your wife. <laughs> That's about it. I guess they say, North Melbourne, they'll be doing that with their own players <laughs> if you get the goals, aren't they? <laughs> Not that they were <laughs> back in the day, you know. <laughs> they're, they're football players that have been football players their whole lives. <laughs> well, the, their morals don't really go that far into which team off you've been fucking that, <laughs> that weekend and which one you got pregnant and had to marry. And this conversation started with the loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's the funny thing too. Ed Sheeran was the uh, the singer at last year and his big song was about getting cheated on by his missus. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe uh, someone had to say that. <laughs> Didn't even know Ed Sheeran was into women. <laughs> Apparently he's been into very a lot of women. He, he gets around. He, he was on with Tom Jones, and I tell you what, I don't think he could stack up with that list. <laughs> Once Tom Jones was out. <laughs> you know, his little black book, it's got volumes. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you Like half of them were him getting confused with Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> if you collected all the panties so thrown on stage at Tom Jones, you'd drown. You'd die. Yeah, exactly. I mean, shit. If you what are we talking about loyalty? Loyalty. He's, yeah. been, <coughs> he's been responsible for more widening tunnels than the Liberal Party. So yeah, I think I think with loyalty, there is the football football teams will always try and play loyalty to keep a player, but it's when you hold it against the player for leaving. I think that's where the the questions come into it. Right, and it always comes up when um, the player is playing against their old side yeah. and the booing. Yeah, yeah. Now. I've got two points of view on it. Is one, if you pay your money to go in to watch the game, <laughs> yeah. your ass is in that seat. You can boo whatever you want. Yeah, I agree. Boo the umpire. Yeah. Boo, you boo the Oz kickers if you want. You're a cunt, but yeah. you can boo the Oz kickers. <laughs> uh, I've always said there's nothing wrong with booing because you're engaged in the game. Yeah. If you're sitting there silent or you're not sitting there at all, that's a problem. Yeah. I get a bit, a bit embarrassed though sometimes when you see a kid get falconed and you're like, <laughs> and you can't. Everyone looks at you. It's like. No, every, everyone's doing the same. But you can't yeah, get a not Falcon. A, not a Melbourne match. Everyone's like, it's a small child. How can you? How can you? Yeah, how can you not film it and send it into Australia's Funniest Home Videos and make five grand instead? Well, in fairness, five most, grand. Most Melbourne supporters don't. Yeah. Seen the prizes for the home video? That's fucking ridiculous. No, I haven't. I, th I think they sent JVC broke by giving away all their shit. They're still going, JVC? Not now. They gave away all their shit on home videos and now they're fucked. <laughs> Speaking of home videos, old uh, one of your mates, Zach Webster, he's uh, he's had one. He, he's, he's had a couple by um, accounts. And uh, I think the phrase, it's not gone well, would be appropriate. Oh, well, it depends who you talk to. <laughs> well, Apparently it went quite well. To be fair, he, um, he took his licks, um, figuratively speaking. Um, he, <laughs> Gave a few. <laughs> when, uh, you know, the it's obviously it's a with the cops and it's uh, a criminal matter I, I, actually I don't know if it's called criminal or not but anyway um, he's got community service and that kind of stuff so and, and he went to the club and it was before he got drafted and said look this is happening and I went alright um, tried to trade him to St Kilda but it didn't work um, hmm. and well, well. now the problem became Hawthorne suspended him for two pre-season games yeah, pre-season like, games. <laughs> I'd like to call that a slap on the wrist, but it, it's not even that. Yeah, they also gave him this penalty after they had their um, team screening of the video. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's well made to get reputation as a hard nut. Well, that means he's also is always there. So, anyway, back to the, the loyalty, the fans' loyalty. Um, mm. It is funny how it works out. So I remember Gary Ablett going back to Skilled Stadium or whatever yeah. the fuck it's called down in Geelong yeah. now. 
Um, and everyone was, the Geelong fans, you know, with the, didn't want to get their thermos or their rugs messed up. But yeah. They were politely applauding it at the start. Uh, so this wasn't this year. This was uh, 2013. Yeah. And then the Gold Coast were almost beating Geelong. And Gary got in a little tete-a-tete with um, Stevie J. Yeah. They weren't fucking cheering him then. No. Anyway, then Geelong kicked away. They got ahead, and Gary kicked that miraculous yeah. goal from the pocket. Then they were okay. Yeah. Right. This this game sorted. We can clap now. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah it's still you know with um, they want to be polite, but at the end of the day, you win yeah. to win. When 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 the chips are down and it's getting close towards the end, then you find where your loyalty lies, and it becomes us first them mentality. But that's great. You, you need that. And we spoke about it last week. You know those rivalries and yeah. something that can build them up. And that's another thing. I, I remember um, a few years back, I had a friend who was from Russia. And he went to watch an AFL match. He watched heaps of AFL matches. But um, he was saying that the part that he doesn't understand about Australian football is that there's no home advantage. Well, we're in well, Melbourne, so... There's Melbourne, no, but no segregation of Yeah, crowd. there's no segregation. And he's saying, you know, in, in soccer, they go and watch the match and let's say the ball goes out and it goes somewhere in the crowd. If it's the opposition throwing... They'll fuck around, and they'll <laughs> give it to the mate, then they go after it, and they'll just chuck it as far as they can over his head. And he's like, yeah, the crowd, they just go straight back to him, and fucking away they go. He said, there's no home, home court advantage. You've got to sit there, get in their face, boo the shit out of them. Well, because you're talking to a Melbourne game with two, uh, two <laughs> yeah, Victorian two, sides. Yeah. Plus, he yeah. was over Hawthorne as well, so. Right. Uh, it, so, if you take him over, you know, to um, uh, Perth, yeah. he, he watches you know, Geelong come down and play Frio, it might be a little bit different. Yeah, it might be a bit different story. In fairness, those soccer crowds are a bit different. I mean, you've got to segregate the team so they don't, no one dies. Ooh. But um, I remember going to uh, American Iron Rio de Janeiro, and mm-hmm. they actually segregate based on uh, how rough you look. Because <laughs> <laughs> we turned up, and you know, we're like, oh, you know, I'm there with um, my wife, who's the whitest person in the world, and you can see the security guards just go, on, oh no, <laughs> no, no, you're, you're level two. Oh, no, no, we've got tickets to the top level. Like, we're right at the front. The security guard. No, 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 no. Security no. guard has a devil on one shoulder. Can I get the gringos? Can I? <laughs> it was actually quite fortunate because at the end of the match, uh, we thought it was fireworks, but actually it was gunfire. Uh, people up in the third level were just popping off caps in celebration of Vasco winning. Uh, so, yeah, I, I didn't die, which was a uh, you know, good result in the end. Yeah, they're working out for you. So far, yeah, well. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, those bullets had to come down somewhere, so I'm guessing someone wasn't happy about it. Yeah. And then the thing is, yeah, my friend was Russian, so they're generally not impressed with anything anyway. <laughs> Which is, I can't understand that. You've got to be happy to be out of the cold at least. Well, I remember when I went to Vietnam and went in the train, and it was just full of Russians. And even the, the Viet people were, who were running the hotels, my girlfriend speaks Viet, they were telling us, all right, if you want to get in the buffet, you have to get in there before the Russians. Really? They just go in there, they clean it out. And so you're walking to the, the, the buffet for breakfast and the hall was just full of these miserable fucking Russian people eating fruit and they eat all everything. They eat all the eggs. And the thing is, you're coming from the snow in Russia and you're in tropical climate in Vietnam paying, you know, $5 a day for living like a king. And you can't even be happy wake up with a smile <laughs> on your face. Well, they've just got, you know, the, that... That resting face that says, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that's just from their mum. Going back to uh, pre-season penalties, you saw uh, one of the new drafts, Blaine Bokhorst, <coughs> his tweet. The Carlton Twitter guy, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he's going to be, that's his nickname now, Tweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and 
the thing I like about it most is that for 2014, Mick Malthouse was known as a bit of a sour-faced bloke. Um, sense of humour is your average German war criminal. But uh, when Bocors came on board, the first thing he did apparently was uh, go to Mick for training. He goes, oh, I'll never speak to you. And Mick's gone, nah, nah, I'm going to let you cook. So he's like, <laughs> alright, uh, yeah, no, we'll have a chat afterwards. Uh, for now, we're going. And all training apparently is shitting bricks. And he's, he's had a word to the other players, so they all know to stir him up. So, oh yeah, Mick's back with you, mate. He's, he's really, <laughs> mate, if you're playing in Williamstown, you should be pretty happy this year. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at the end of it, he, he's copped it pretty well. Uh, Mick's jumped on board, you know, he's all happy with him. But uh, that's a, a Mick Mordas we haven't seen for 2014, and probably 2013 as well. Yeah, well, he's not going to answer Eddie Maguire, so I mean, immediately that's going to be a great thing. He breaks a record this year, Mick. He does against too. Car- against Collingwood. He said he's sick of hearing about it, he just wants it over and done with, he doesn't care. <laughs> Yeah, of course he does. Because I was saying they let him pick who he's going to play that round, that game mm. against. Which I think is good for the AFL to put him in effort. But I got to say, it's it's the record. It's not like you know, it's going to happen every year. Yeah. Um, mm. But the thing is, the following week he breaks the record again. Does he get to pick again? Because I, I can see Carlton winning a lot of games. <laughs> he's to replace it. Carlton versus the Thunderbirds. <laughs> <laughs> Williamstown under the 18s. So Kilda. <laughs> still going to play him. <laughs> um, something else I saw in the world of sport during the week um, to go off onto you know, the, the, the wider spectrum. Mm-hmm. Ronnie O'Sullivan scored another 147. Really? Right. And it's... It's one of those things like, I don't, actually, I don't mind watching snooker, you know, when it's on late at night on Fox Sports 3 or whatever. Yeah. Just, no, you can see what it, and you love the, when they play, you forget the snookers and try and get it out. Yeah. But something like that, uh, a 147, because it is perfection. Yeah, yeah. Love sitting down and watching that. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's like seeing a nine darter in darts. Or, yeah. Or, um, yeah, it's yeah. not the same without a pro in their hand. Or a cock show in eight ball. Yeah, yeah, and somebody <laughs> sweeping the table. Well, that happens a lot with, with the pros. No, it's the actual cock show. Yes, you, you don't lot. see many people actually man up and do the cock show. Yeah, uh, yeah, there are those websites. We'll, we'll <laughs> let you know where they are later on. Yeah. Um, I love watching that kind of stuff. And I remember being at um, the Northern um, Pub once, and um, they had the Fox Sports Live was um, in the background. And when you know they start getting to sixty and seventy, and everyone stops and starts watching, like yeah. get there, get there, get there. <laughs> no one's been following it. No one's got a clue yeah. what's going on. But you're all cheering for that guy just to get that perfection. Um, the, it was awesome to watch. And the thing is, it's not only the skill of being able to do that, it's the pressure that comes along with every shot that's coming up. Yeah. And being able to just cope with that and... Well, at, at that level, though, there's... A lot of it is just, this is routine. I know what to do. And then yeah. you've got, right, I've got to break the... I've got to sink this one and break the reds. Yeah. So there's that pressure shot. Yeah. So even though you've, you know, you've, you've got the 147 you've got to get to, there's only two or three pressure spots that matter yeah, yeah. and those ones you deal with them you get out what amazed me was like he's just scored the 147 and like you know the, the next table over has stopped and they're all watching yeah. scored it yeah great thanks to the crowd walked off and <laughs> went back into the sheds I'm like really dude do yeah. a lap yeah. it's 147 I know you've got a few of them in your time mm. but still it's funny each game each sport has their own pressure shot though like yeah. know, the 147 the four foot putt um, you know the, the siren blown torp from 50 out you know what would be the I guess that you know soccer's got their penalty shootout as well, uh, you know something that every player should do yep. and be able to do. But when the pressure's on, the game's on the line. Some players do it better than others. 
But what would you think is the, the pressure moment in rugby league? Oh, there's always... Uh, Johnny Wilkinson. Yeah, jo- Johnny is always, but... Um, I think for the World Cup. When the um, the siren goes, play still goes on. Yeah. It's that one. You don't want yeah. to be the one that drops the ball. Uh, yeah. And you can't just run straight into the defender and get tackled. No, because you, you get tackled. You have to try and parry. Especially in rugby league. Yeah. Um, union's different because they've got to kick the ball out. Yeah. Yeah, the ball keeps moving. It's yeah. not until there's a penalty or something. Or yeah. a penalty, I think, even um, it can still go on. Mm. But until they kick the ball out and there's that kind of stuff to play. But in rugby league, um, it's especially when the siren's gone and they had that awful fucking... Yeah. And then you see, pass, 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 pass. I can't get yeah. tackled. I can't get tackled. Yeah. It's so frenetic. Yeah. Um, I love that kind of stuff. And then score the try, you still got the kick to come. And it's when that kick yeah. to come, um, that, I think... To be able to handle that pressure when, um, especially the, the the forwards, they're used to just hitting up the run. I'll get yeah. tackled, all right, passing it. Now yeah. you've got to offload yeah. every <laughs> yeah. single time. Now you hand it off to the wingers or whatever the fuck they you are. Just got to throw it back. Throw it back to someone, yeah. And they start doing the overhead ones. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's see where that one lands. Yeah, every sport has its clutch shot as well. Like of that, you know, times run out. You know, the Balls in your hand, whatever sport you're playing, or you know, if, if you're playing golf, probably shouldn't have the ball in your hand, but uh, or, or soccer. But um, you know, who would you say is one of the better clutch players in rugby, or, or in AFL? Uh, so you could have asked me to name one of the players in rugby. <laughs> right, who would you say is the best clutch player in AFL? Like you know, your well, your <coughs> out, slight angle. Oh, for for a shot on goal. Yeah. Um, that was Jack Gunston, I'd want. Um, I'm always going to be biased and say Hawthorne players. Um, but uh, Gunston, if it's a set shot, or, or Bruce, because I mean, Bruce kicked, what, 60 goals, 10 or something this last year. Well, he made it to 29 flat, didn't he? 29, yeah, yeah. Well, 20 he, out of 29. He um, equaled Lockett's record. But when he started to get up to about 26, 27, he wasn't having those shots from the pocket anymore. No, he, he tended to uh, handball yeah, quite yeah. a bit in the forward 50, which uh, it isn't a forward player's forte. No. Or Brent Hartley's. But I don't know who, who, like, when you say clutch player, when it's two minutes left to go and you're down by a goal, um, Clarkson always throws um, Burgoyne into the middle. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. the one, because you know that those skills are just not going to... I'll tell you what, Robbie Gray in that semi. Yeah. Jeez, he played well. Yeah, he did. And, I did, you know, plenty of people are saying that... Uh, everyone was saying, saying that saying, Port Adelaide... Fuck Robbie Gray. <laughs> plenty of people were saying Port Adelaide could have won that game. Some people are saying Port Adelaide should have won that game, but you can't yeah. kick as poorly as they can. <laughs> and there's everyone who doesn't live in Port Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're not saying it much because... You, you know, should stop doing those surveys around Centrelink. <laughs> <laughs> Your car gets stolen, you've got to pick it up somewhere. <laughs> pick up a stolen car from Centrelink? Or oh, no, you find a stolen car from Centrelink. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Uh, what, who would you have? Well, game on the line, I need that shot to go through the goal. Yeah. From slight angle, 45 out, free kick. Oh, there's a free kick? Oh, Lindsay Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> He'll turn that into 50 easy. <laughs> the, Richmond's, um, their, oh my God, we need something, is send Dusty Martin to the goal square, everyone else piss off. God, <laughs> can you help us out? <laughs> yeah, the thing is, we just need Dustin Martin, no, we need marriage, tap it down in the butt, Dustin Martin, Kick the Dustin Martin, mark on the league, and go. Yeah, if you could get cloning sorted out, you'd be right. And, well, 
Yeah, it's hard to pick a Richmond player who you put in a situation because it's not often to be in that situation <laughs> to sort of get some happened a couple of times. It was, it was obviously the Swans game plus it was, Carlton. Matty White against Frio when he got on the run there and fucking kicked it into the goal umpire. Remember? <laughs> in Frio, we should have beat him. Yeah, yeah. And then we traded him off. Yeah. So he's and gone he co- too. comes back and kicks goal in yeah. the year against you. Yeah. And well deserved. So he's another player that didn't get booed from changing teams as well because... Most got, of the Tigers he, didn't recognise him. He got the arse, and most Richmond wanted him to still play at Richmond because he's fucking going well. But obviously, a player of that caliber doesn't want to be a sub. Well, it's been years on now, and Jack Gunston still gets booed by Adelaide fans, which is fair enough. He was a young player who just got their, you know, best uh, young player of the year, yeah. and he went, "Actually, guys, I want to go back to yeah. back to Melbourne." Yeah, okay, you go, all right, champ. You know, yeah, could have could have given us a bit more. But when you start booing guys that have left eight years ago, yeah. you're like, Especially when you've got go. a pretty good quality forward line. Well, with Adelaide do now, yeah. Yeah, I mean... You could always do with more. Well, yeah, but if you're going to get a, a Gunston in, you've got to get rid of Pods, Adley, or Walker. And they've done a bad job. Yeah, you got rid of Pods in the second <laughs> win. <window. laughs> <laughs> so Not pods. a hard choice. How do you feel about assistant coach? <laughs> <laughs> And they've got, they got Jenkins now, too. He kicks yeah, a great goal this Jenkins year. Jenkins killing it. Yeah. Plus, you've got Sloan, if you like that, who can slip forward and do that damage if they need be. And that's so important these days. Like, you need those yeah. players who can slip forward and be sneaky. Yeah. Nothing wrong with and, and I think that's obvious in the draft where people were expecting big men to be the ones that were sought after. But it seems like people target midfielders because... But you need you still need a, you know, 10, 12, 14 midfielders running around there. Yeah. But, you know, it's the bookends that are the rare commodity. Yeah. They're always going to command more attention. Yeah. And the thing is, you can always get the best players to trade in the players that you really need, depending if you have a high draft picks. What do you mean? Even with Richmond, we picked up all midfielders, but we need some tall stocks. Mm. And so if we can develop those midfielders, then we can trade in... Richmond's tall tall stocks. stocks. Their off-season was really interesting in they kept um, Tyrone... Yeah. I thought he was gone for sure. Yeah, I thought he'd be because, in trouble. Yeah. He not played only, better without him. <laughs> yeah, yes. Played better without him. Um, but also, uh, he's just always had that potential that's just not yeah. getting there. And I thought Griffiths, I, I liked him as a yeah, player. Yeah, he did well. He just, when you could say healthy and fit, he did really, really well. And um, the other, uh, who's the other one we had? Uh, North Melbourne's got a Ruckman you can add. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Oh, Stevenson. We. Oh, Oren. Oren Stevenson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might, the might have. No, someone was going to pick up in the rookies. But the thing is, we've got Marich, who he's not a naturally gifted ruckman, as, a, as like he's not tall and, you know, he's not like Stanley's or whatever. But he. He's got, he's he, got the fire. He knows how to ruck. Yeah. He knows, like, how to. He's like Sam Newman. He knows how to do the job. And so if you get someone who's younger with, like, that natural height and things like that, who can be an understudy to marriage, I think would be excellent to send that club up to go forward with the midfielders that they've already got to train the midfielders that they've recruited. All you need is somebody capable. Yeah. Just You don't need to dominate the ruck, just yeah. give me five minutes rest. Yeah. And we know that we're not going to get smashed in the ruck. Yeah, yeah. And especially if you can teach your midfielders to sort of play off your position's ruckman. If your ruckman's not very strong. And you saw it happen when Creo played... Hawthorne in the grand final. Hawthorne, yeah. And... Sandlands dominated, you know what I mean? But I, to be honest, I think about just that every team does it against Sandlands because yeah. it is just, you can't teach seven yeah. feet. Yeah, exactly. No, you yeah. can teach where to tap the ball. 
he, yeah, <coughs> he wins a lot of taps, but not a lot of taps to advantage. Yeah. yeah. And they've got a good midfield, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm not an AFL coach, but I would think first thing you teach a ruckman is your job: get ball to little guy. Yeah, but I mean, but like we said, there is every other team is going right. Well, Sandlands is going to win that ruck, so yeah. what? What do we do? Yeah. Which you don't see um, any other other teams looking for, or maybe a little bit against McNabb. Yeah. Um, but then you've still got to worry: is he going to tap it to himself? And that's one thing I don't think about is that if you're on the freer side of things, you know what set play is going to happen, so you're yeah, running. You patterns. should know before the defense. Yeah, you should, you're running patterns at, around that ball up. But if you're the opposition, you're watching the ball. Yeah. That's all you can do is watch the hand, watch the ball, and you go and attack that. Whereas if you're running patterns and the um the ball the the ruck is always going to be dependent on where the umpire balls it up, where it actually goes. Does he bounce it or does he throw it up? The umpire balls it up. Well, fucking bit. Well, say, but even now, if the the bounce is too shit, they call it back. But I'm so, not saying it doesn't have to be like really shit. But if it's one foot to the right, it's going to be a lot yeah. harder to do a, a downwards tap to, to the other side or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So those little things can if you're a set play where right, scoot around the back and go to the left side and we'll tap it down and rush forward but it's gone too far to the right and then you can't do that anymore so for the yeah. opposition players who are just watching the hand and the ball and where it's going to go you'll think it gives them a bit of an advantage yeah to a point but these guys have pretty long arms so a foot each way as long as they're jumping in the same spot they can still reach you know 45 degree angles either way it's just when they've got to reach over their own head that they're in a bit of trouble yeah but especially uh, Stanley has got a fucking big head right <laughs> he's got fucking big arms too I think it goes him Bigfoot Silver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be interesting. Who's the Todd Duffy? Oh, actually, after Todd Duffy's fight today, I want to see Bigfoot versus Todd Duffy for Battle of the Primates. Headbutt's <laughs> illegal. <laughs> Just get them one either side of the cage and run headfirst into each other. <laughs> Rams. Get back up, back, do it again. Actually, I didn't see, you know, there's just been the adverts up for the um, Arnold Classic next year. Arnold Schwarzenegger has been doing the sporting events around the US and now he's coming to Australia. Yep. Big thing is, I'm, it will be kind of funny to see bodybuilders and fighting sports next to each other. Because you've got, um, there's a Contact Karate, there's BJJ, and uh, boxing. MMA. I think yeah, there is a amateur there as well. Uh, in the ring, not the cage. No, I think it's on mats. No, they got the boxing ring, so Hello? down the bottom. Um, but it is kind of funny to see the the physical differences between the two breeds. You know, for a start, the bodybuilders are all covered in mahogany spray tan, and they're sponsored by Nendrolone. <laughs> Allegedly, um, but it is just a a weird sort of comparison on the guys that have muscle for looks and Form guys versus that have function. Yeah, exactly. So because. You're not going to get a lot of crossover there. Like a lot of the, even the strongman comps you see, those guys aren't often cut. They're just huge. They're, they're barefoot. Yeah, exactly so. Which you know, then you get to the point of these guys, the bodybuilders. You know, they train their ass off. I'll, I'll absolutely say that for three minutes on stage. What they have on stage at Stereo Sonic? That too, that too. I think I think there is a lot of crossover. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I did see a couple of supplement stores closed up at Stereostonic. But um, it's just... You'd think some people might cross over. Like a bodybuilder might decide to have a crack at uh, something. That's or... what I'm worried about. The white belt division. Yeah. Um, 
some 120 kilo muscle head has decided I'll give this shit a shot and the next little guy's going you know jiu jitsu it it helps it's the small man over the big man yeah Yeah. that's a big fucking man though and you're a white belt yeah you do see those guys get guillotined a fair bit though when they lower their head and rhino charge not a white belt no they do tend to stomp (laughs) but you know it's the old saying bigger isn't always better but it's always bigger it is always bigger let's see who quits first (laughs) All right, I reckon that's an episode then. Yeah. Right, number two in the can. Yeah. All right, thanks for listening. Catch ya. Yeah. All right, that'll do. All right. Catch ya. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.